Welcome back to uh, episode 41 of the Locker Room Podcast. Tonight, I'm um, delighted to be joined by Mr. Dealey, not our boss and, and CEO, but the eldest of five brothers, uh, Kieran's eldest brother, who is not six. only... Six brothers. Yeah, sorry, Ross. No, sorry. I've, got, I've got that wrong already. Six brothers, eldest of six brothers, yeah. not only the better looking one, but also the fittest Thank I've you. heard as well, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> do, you, do you agree to that? <laughs> I do actually, and we, we just we just always dismiss Kieran as the runt of the litter because he's the youngest of six. So we're all better than him in every every way, and he just got bits and pieces of what we have. So yeah, uh, and he got some opportunities that we should have had, but you know, what spoiled a lot. and all that. We could was... have a separate podcast on Kieran <laughs> and how spoiled he is and indulged, but we won't trust. We won't hang out his dirty laundry too much, but I, I would no. thought it's five, so it, that's, that, that says a lot now. <laughs> now it all starts to kick into place. Mark, um, a different podcast for us today. I mean, you, you've re- just a bit of background. You've recently come on board with us at, at Daily Sports Science, and you're doing yep. a lot of like, high-intensity sessions online and, and giving virtual classes. And also, you're quite a keen performer, triathlete, and, and endurance sports performer. Yep. We're going to be looking at the triathlon in particular today. Yes, yeah, it's something that's been a big part of my life, Ross, for maybe 15 years or so. Um, I, I played sport all my life. I started out as a teenager as an athlete. I would have been a sprinter and a jumper. And then I would have played sports, and every sport needs somebody who's fast. So I was always thrown into soccer and Gaelic and hurling and rugby, where I could just run fast with the ball. Uh, and it was a huge advantage. And I kept it up. Uh, I kept it up until my late 30s or so. Um, and meanwhile, I was teaching sports and outdoors. It's a big part of my job. Um, and I was still playing soccer, I think, until my late 30s. I just tore my cruciate. Um, you know, I was trying to do one of those uh, Cruyff turn- turns uh, in, in a pitch in the wilds of West Kerry, and something happened and snapped, and that was it. And as part of my rehab, I, I just uh, took up cycling. Somebody said, build up the muscles around your knee. And then I I, I kept on cycling and I found it was very, very successful for me. I did some running and um, then somebody mentioned there's this thing called triathlon nearby. Uh, why don't you give it a whiz? And that's it, really. That's that's how the story and, and the journey begins. Um, I was I was never brilliant uh, at triathlon. I'm still not brilliant. I'm very much middle of the road, but I really enjoy it. So, yeah, it's it's, it's something that we can talk about here. I think it's really exciting. It's something that we could roll out to members. Um, most people who are members of, of DSS or coaches or have a background in sports. And it's a very small leap from being interested and reasonably fit to taking part in something like a triathlon. Brilliant. No, it, it's going to be really good to delve into your experiences and, and your journey yeah. and stuff you've learned as well. So we'll talk about that and we'll talk about obviously the training side of things and a bit of the science yes. behind it and give some advice. So really looking forward to today and, and something a bit bit different to what we've done before. But just before we go into it, Mark, I just want to say a mention about our sponsors, Rick, who have come back on board with us. Um, Rick is a software platform built for performance coaches and organizations with easy to use programming tools and training load, well-being and nutrition monitoring via the RIP app. All your coaching tools are in one place. Streamlining your coaching, making it more accessible for your clients and athletes and providing you with the insights you need to optimize performance. To find out more, please head over to www.rypt.app and use the code LOCKERROOM to get your two months free trial. We've used it a lot at Daily Sports Science. We're on the verge of bringing them in at QPR, although I can't announce that yet. 
Um, they're fantastic um, and I would highly recommend someone going and using them. A lot of good sport organisations across Ireland and now internationally are, are, going, are going with them. So great to have them on board. Okay, Mark, so you spoke a little bit about your journal there, uh, your journey and how you got into it. Maybe uh, speak a bit about your initial phase going into triathlons. Like, what did it look like? What sort of stuff did you have? Um, and, and how you okay. progressed over the years, I guess. Okay. Um, it's, it's been my position 15 years ago when I, when I just jumped in at the deep end, literally, to where I am now is, is radically different. I, I, I had very little equipment. I had very little knowledge but I had, I had enthusiasm and I think that's something I bring to everything I do. So the enthusiasm I brought to turning up uh, in, in, in West Kerry to do a triathlon, I wore a shorty wetsuit. It was something that I used for snorkeling. Um, it was in no way suitable for swimming in, in, in the, the uh, Atlantic, the colds of the Atlantic. Um, it was enough for me to swim. I kept afloat. I had a bad bike. I hadn't spent much money on a bike. The bike was simply for rehab. It wasn't my interest in cycling. That came later. And in terms of running, I, I, I can't even remember. I had never heard of ASICs at that stage, you know, whereas now everything is ASICs. So I had very basic equipment. I had I don't even know what kind of goggles. I probably got cheap goggles in the swimming pool. And somebody said, just turn up and swim out to that section. There's something out in the water there. Go out as far as that. Turn around, come back in, get on your bike, cycle in that direction, come back, ditch the bike, ditch the helmet and run as fast as you can, two and a half K and turn around for two and a half K. So I did, and I was shattered. I, I couldn't swim, Ross. I, I, I was just one of these kids um, that I, I didn't really learn the breathing and the, and the front crawl for swimming. And it's such a pity. I wish I had, obviously, you know, my own kids have become very good swimmers because I think it's really important for them. I just used to breaststroke. So when I looked at the, the, the group, there was maybe probably 40 to 50 people lined up on, on, on the sea, like looking out into waves as they're coming, coming crashing in. And we were told five, four, three, two, one. Some of them looked like real triathletes. And then there was people like me and people who were older and just people who wanted fun. And then the other thing for triathlon is there's relays. So people, you can get a team of three to do a swim, uh, bike and run. And uh, so there was all kinds of people in the mix. And there was really lovely family atmosphere um my own kids were there on the day itself my wife I had friends around we kind of celebrated during it and celebrated after it I, well I was a bit flaked out I couldn't move much <laughs> but um it was a brilliant experience because you know going into the open sea is a challenge like like I know you swim and I, I I saw what you've done in the pool you did a huge swim you're training a lot for it and that's brilliant and I admire anybody can do that I find it really hard to swim in the pool and it was kind of a different experience to go into the open water. Um, there's a mental side to swimming in, in, in the open water because the fear can, can creep in. And once you start hearing the theme tune to Jaws or when your foot touches off something and you start thinking it's definitely a shark or it's a humpback whale or, or an octopus or something, you have all these thoughts in your head. So like the really important thing is keep your focus, keep your mind. And, and uh, so that was probably the biggest challenge for me at the time was how would I go out into the water and swim and keep myself um, from losing it? You know, there were safety kayaks out there in case something went wrong. And some things did go wrong for people. You know, it's not for everybody. Sometimes the waves are too strong. Sometimes people just react badly to, to the overall experience. But 
I was lucky. I, I, I kept myself. And um, like I wasn't fast, a breaststroke, you're not going to be very fast. And my breaststroke is not a good, I, I wouldn't have a great technique, but it was effective. I got through it and then jumped on the bike and I got through it. And then I continued the run and I got through it. So that, that start, like that was brilliant. And I had a couple of friends who did it as well at the same time. And all we did in the run up to it, forgive the pun, but in the run up to it, we were just talking and we'd meet for kind of just to dip in the water. There was no drills. There was no like uh, swimming catch up and, and, and practicing speed work in the water. It was just, let's just get in the water and see what we can do. So a group of us did that a few times. And on the day itself, we all were successful. We all finished, which was, which was an achievement. And that, that, that has led on to something very different. So the person who started triathlon 15 years ago and the person now is very different. I've accumulated a huge amount of knowledge and experience and I've spent a fortune. <laughs> the problem with triathlon, most people will tell you, a lot of people get into it. They may not realize how much you spend, but it's nearly like an addiction because you see somebody else with a better bike. They're, they're, you start off with a, a mountain bike and then you move on to a, an aluminium bike and then you go, move on to an aluminium frame with a carbon fork and then you go into a full carbon frame and then you try bars and you, know, you can spend loads of money, Ross, but it's still, I, I don't think you need that much equipment to enjoy yourself and to take part, you know? For sure. For and, sure. and I, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, Mark, are you still doing breaststroke now? No. Okay. <laughs> no, Ross. That's a hell of a swim, huh? That's a hell of a swim. I have, I have, I have developed a kind of a front crawl that's slightly unorthodox. It's, it's, it's unorthodox, but very effective because I, I can move from point A to point B and not drown. And <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not very aesthetically pleasing. It's kind of nearly a, a half crawl and a half catch up. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, well, it's, it's it's effective. Uh, I have done I have done coached classes in the pool. I've hated them. When I get into the water, all I look forward to is the clock running down the 45 minutes or so. I can see the clock when I'm turning, I'm watching the clock. I just can't wait till I'm finished. And then I get out and I say, Yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed <laughs> that. And, and and I learned something. You know, I'm not a natural swimmer. Like if you I assume you learned when you were younger. You have all these things that come naturally to you when you learn like a, an adult to do something like proper catch up and you know your front crawl and bilateral breathing you have a thousand things in your mind working at the one time so for me when i'm trying to swim i'm, I'm overthinking and i just love to relax and kind of i'd love to be languidly reaching out and stretching and grabbing the water and pulling it back and turning at the right time you know but like, I, I certainly wouldn't want to put anybody off from doing triathlon. You do not have to be a good swimmer. You do not have to be to do front crawl. I saw somebody do breast, uh, sorry, uh, backstroke once. I, I did a triathlon in South Kerry. We had to swim from the mainland over to an island, it was 750 meters. I was doing my thing, my front crawl, and I looked beside me and somebody was really beautifully backstroking. So you can do whatever you want, really. And as long as you reach your, your, your end point, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. You know, no, that's brilliant, Mark. And just before we move on, it's in, by the time this would have gone out, your blog would have been posted on on yes. Sports Science. So it's hopefully, yeah. The members, I think, it's going out tomorrow, so it would be in four days ahead of this podcast, I believe. 
four yeah. or five days. Um, yeah. So that's brilliant. And, and that's kind of the basis of what we'll be going through today. So exclusive to members, yeah. if they want to read a bit more info on your experiences of the triathlon, we'll be, we'll be touched on that today, but they can go over to the yeah. website and, and have a look. Um, so Mark, let's take us through that then. So obviously you said things got a bit more expensive, but has that impacted your performance massively, like your knowledge around training and also equipment? Has that had a big impact on your success? Yeah, like at, at, at that stage, I suppose there's two parts to that. One is training and one is equipment. Um, in terms of training, I, I, I started to read and I joined a club. A club started roughly the same time. I have a local club in Tralee and County Kerry. And it's a very big club and a brilliant club. A lot of really good members. Triathlon is a different sport to, to other sports because you are, you are an individual and you are competing against yourself, but you're also part of a community of, of uh, participants. Everybody helps each other. It's very rare that you come across somebody who's, who's so single-minded that they wouldn't, they're not open to helping and maybe giving a piece of advice. There are people there giving advice the whole time. And I really like that. I think that's really good. So we all learn from each other and we would have trained together. So I learned things like um, interval training. It was new for me 15 years ago. It was just, let's go out and run or let's go and cycle. And I've learned subsequently that, you know, just going out and cycling in one way, it's just, they call it junk miles. Mm -hmm. It's not really doing much good for you. It's really enjoyable and you can have a chat and you can stop for coffee and you look into people's gardens and you see the scenery if you're lucky enough to live near lovely scenery. But moving on from just long cycles and long runs, interval training was, I suppose, the start of an improvement. Um, now, again, I, I would say hand on heart, I'm, I'm you know, very much in the middle, not somebody who's, who's ever going to feature in top anything in, in any races, but I compete and I like it. But my performance has definitely improved. Um, I've looked at plans. I've incorporated plans into my training. Uh, when you when you plan ahead, like it could be six months, you, you sign up for something and you say, okay, I have six months. Maybe this, the first couple of months, I'll just get comfortable on the bike or I'll get comfortable on, on the running or work on my, my swim stroke, do some strength and conditioning. Um, I suppose the challenge, Ross, really, uh, I, I know I'm not really answering your question, but the challenge is to balance everything. Like if you want to improve, you can, you can finish by just running, swimming, cycling. But if you want to improve, you have to look at types of training. You have to look at uh, strength work, speed work, intervals, um, uh, break sessions, which are they're very common in, in triathlon training, which is you cycle and you get off the, the, the bike and you run because you have to get used to it. Yeah. Um, and even I know you, you, it's something we, in our discussions and over and back, we, you, you were talking about... Um, in training, do you do the three events and at the three disciplines at the one time? Yes, you do. Actually, it's very good practice, you know, because when you're looking at the, you, you know, yourself, you're a sports scientist, you're, you're using different muscles, different parts of your body. There's different combinations going on, depending on what discipline you're using. You have to learn how to pace yourself. You, you don't want to blow up, you know, and it's very easy to blow up if you're not looking after your, your nutrition on the bike or so you, you may blow up and you, you won't be able to finish your run. So it's really important that you practice your brick sessions, which are the cycle run, and then the three disciplines as well. So you learn, to, you learn, you want to be able to finish, yeah. you know. So that's like in terms of the reading I've done. A club is brilliant. Friends are brilliant. You learn from each other. Uh, the internet is a fantastic resource. You'll find anything you want on the internet. There's loads of coaching groups out there. You can do online coaching as well. Um, so that's one side uh, uh, training and then the other is your equipment and like I, I kind of was joking about the bikes 
but you do end up spending more money on your bike. And if you think about whatever distance you're doing, um, you spend most time on the bike. So that's where you should just you should spend most of your your training. Really, you you can make time on the bike. And obviously, the easiest way to make time on your bike is by buying a better bike. And we're lucky in Ireland that we have a bike to work scheme. I think you have a, you have a bike to work scheme in England, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah, there is there is something there. Something, yeah. But here, yeah. like if you look around, everybody has bikes, and everybody has good bikes, road bikes, and everybody, you know, a certain amount kind of uh, um, triath- more triath- and specific bikes, and have spent money on them, and they do make a difference. You've let you, you know once you learn how to clip in your pedals. I have my bike here beside me. I call her my princess, and she takes pride of place. There's no way she'd ever be allowed to spend the night in the shed. She's in the house. But, you you know, with with being clipped in, that in itself is learning to be comfortable on a bike and learning to have the confidence to to clip your your pedals in because accidents happen, unfortunately, you know. Um, Like you can spend loads of money, Ross, on on better runners. You can have gait analysis and people will tell you that you underpronate or overpronate and hence you've got to buy certain trainers. You spend a lot of money on that. you can, uh, I'm just trying to think, your wetsuit, you could spend a lot of money on your wetsuit. You're looking at a swimming specific wetsuit. Your goggles, you want to make sure that you have goggles that don't leak. I've many a time gone to training sessions in the sea where my goggles leak and there's nothing as bad as salty water going in your eye. There's nothing you can do. You know, your session is over effectively. So when you turn up to start a triathlon, you want to make sure that your your goggles don't leak. You're, you're ready to take part in your event. So um, equipment, like, you know, it, it, it's easy to spend money, but you don't necessarily have to spend loads of money. You can still have a great time, you know. And I think I talked in, in the blog, I mentioned three different types of people who take part. And one is the person like me 15 years ago. I just want to tick this box. I don't really know much about what this is, but I want to tick the box. I want to say I've done a triathlon. Then type two is the person like me who's, who stuck with it for, for so many years. The country is full of people like me. We spent money on the better bikes and done on training, learned our interval training, um, subscribed to plans, had coaches, got an open, open water sea coaching, uh, but have a, had a whale of a time, a really unbelievable time. And then there's the elite. And those people are, I, I just say hello to them <laughs> whenever I see them. And they just, they just pass me by. If we're doing two laps on a cycle, I'm doing my first lap and they're on their second lap. You know, and so I just wave to them uh, and, and, and they're different. You know, you, you recognize them a long way away. They have really fancy gear. They look really lean and they don't really smile to you because they're folk. That's a waste of energy when they're taking part. You know, <laughs> but, uh, well, Maybe that's a tip for you next time. Don't smile to anyone. I, you know, I, there was one event I did a long time ago that nearly killed me. And I, halfway through it, it was a half Ironman distance. And about halfway through it, I just reached the depths of despair. I said, I am never doing anything like this again. I am, what am I, am I mad? I have a family at home. I live in a beautiful place. I have friends and family extended. I could be off holidaying and having fun and sitting back having a beer in the sun. And here I am, I'm actually paying to torture myself. You know, like that's a long distance. But by the end, when I crossed the finish line, within five minutes, I was thinking, so next year, this is what I'm going to do, you know. But one of the things I did at the end, I said to myself, I actually wasted a lot of time because I saluted a lot of people when we were running circuits, you know. So, you know, there's, there's little things that you can, you, can, you can do to kind of uh, save time and be faster, you know. For sure. But, uh, 
I just, sorry, one other thing, and I, I know we're a bit all over the place on this, Ross, uh, in, in one way, we're not really following the script, but <laughs> there's, there's one thing that, that, that is really important, I suppose I just touched on it there, is the mental aspect, mm-hmm. because you can train your body, but in a sense, you have to train your mind as well. And depending on the distance you're doing, you can, you can, you can suffer and your mind can tell you, give up, give up, give up, give up you know, just stop or walk, even when you're running and you see a hill, you know, your mind is saying to you, just stop, take it easy, opt out, just, you know, this, just jump in the car and drive to the, to get a lift, go to the finish line. In a way, I, I actually like a lot of individual training. I like to do my own thing as well. I love training in a group, but I also like to train by myself because in a sense, I'm training myself to be in an event. And I have little mantras that are going on in my head I have little mementos that I carry with me. And if ever I hit a dark place on those longer distances, I kind of touch the bracelet that my family gave me, or I, you know, touch my heart, you know, thinking about the people that are close to me or whatever. Um, and it's really important because you, you, you undoubtedly in a longer distance triathlon will kind of suffer. And, and this knock knock is in your head saying, just, you know, give up, give up. Yeah. So that's why I like individual training as well. And sometimes the more boring the training it is, you know, in a place that's just in a straight, I, I, in Trilly, there's a place that's one mile, it's very straight, just the pathway. And I, I love to train on that because it's just so boring Yeah. in order to help me be ready for, for an event, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, Mark, because I think a lot of endurance sports or people that do endurance sports will suffer that at some point. I know I have yeah. with running and swimming, <clears throat> but it's not, it's not spoke about much, I don't think. No, no. So, very important that you train it yeah and do you think you've got do you think you've got better over the years with dealing with that negative i have yeah Yeah. like i suppose i i'm i'm quite lucky in 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 the job that i do that i am quite open i have to be quite open to 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 kind of looking deep within myself um like i suppose when i was a much younger man you know when i was growing up people didn't talk about their feelings and didn't talk about what they thought about themselves and things have changed radically. You know, there's a huge spirit of openness and talking and people say it's okay not to be okay. And I, I would freely acknowledge that, that, you know, at different times in my life, I would have had some times where I, I, I doubted myself and life would have been challenging. You know, we all reach different milestones in our life that are amazing, but you can also reach little things that are more like dips and you just have to get over them and you have to equip yourself to, to, to get over them. I'm very lucky I've, I've been trained uh, to kind of help myself and, and, and I feel it's really important and it has definitely helped me in, in the events, the longer distance, uh, any events that I have done, you know, so I joke that I, I'm five minutes after I finish, I'm ready to sign up for next year, but it's actually true, you know, you, yeah. you, 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 if you're, you just have to give yourself the tools to kind of help yourself and then, you know, by the time you finish, you've kind of forgotten the pain, you know. For sure. Well, you can see your passion and love for, for the sport. So that, that oozes through. So, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I think it's brilliant, Ross. And like, I suppose just touching upon the, the blog, like Ireland is full of people who've, who've taken part in sport and taken part in activities and more recently bike to work scheme and people are running and walking. And there's a knowledge of health and an awareness that we need to keep active. And something that's touched my own family and my own my wife's family recently is, is you know, even the issue of dementia. And one of the keys to helping to offset the, the, the uh, helping to offset the onset of dementia is being active. 
Um, mm -hmm. And we're living longer, so we need to be active. And we also need to be social. And in, in, my, in my eyes, like, uh, I'm trying to do my bit to, to keep going as long as I can, because I know it's going to, I think it's going to help me in the long run, you know, sure. um, being social and making friends and doing activities with other people, but also being physically active. And, you know, I suppose just to, to, to bring it down to, to the nuts and bolts for, for DSS members, it's, it's quite easy actually to do, to do one of these events. It's not that difficult. I definitely, you know, I, I'd like to debunk the myth. You, you don't be bothered looking at the people with the fancy sunglasses and helmets and, and bikes and the people who are running really fast that you see all around the country or the people that swim way out in the open water. You know, a little bit of training and a little bit of enthusiasm and a certain level of fitness and anybody can take part in an event like that. I don't, I genuinely don't think it's beyond anybody. I think if you're anyway active, six weeks and would, would, would get you ready for uh, a triathlon event. I, I wouldn't like to think that people would be off, uh, put off by it. For sure. Um, really good advice. Just quickly then, Mark, because you went through some loads of stuff there. Just rein it back in yeah, a little sorry. bit. No, 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 no. It's fantastic. Please go off on any tangent you want. In terms of the actual formats and the, and the different distances then, yes. if someone wanted to get into it, yeah. where, where yeah. so you've got the sprint distance, I think. This is yeah, actually, distance. even before that, Ross, and it's something that, that has come up quite a lot. If you, like Triathlon Ireland have their, their own website, if you look at that, they have a calendar of events. And so they put on the main events all across the country and they also they also uh, specify which distance. Now there are four main distances, but even before the four main distances, there's something called a super sprint or try it, try it, try, or there's different names for it. So you can be brought down to, your swim might be 300 meters, your bike might be 10K and your run might be 3K, okay. which are all very, very manageable. Again, if, you, if you're comfortable in the water, you could do it today. You know, I, I genuinely think that. Then you move on onto the sprint distance. And this is what most people do. This is 750 meters of a swim, uh, 20K on the bike and 5K on the run. Now, when I talk about the open water and the sea, uh, a lot of tri triathlons uh, take part in rivers and lakes and the odd canal as well. So it's not just the open water and the sea. And I'm well aware that when, you, when people think about the sea, they think, oh, we've got to go way out and that's really scary. And there could be sharks and there's man of war jellyfish. You know, in all cases, Triathlon Ireland makes sure that all triathlon clubs, when they're organizing a triathlon, adhere to certain safety and regulations and the safety officers and people in kayaks looking after your safety. So you can have those dis that, that initial distance and they can be in the lake or river. Or sea. Then you move up your, your standard distance, it's an Olympic distance. There's 1,500 meters, 1.5k, 40k bike, and um, 10k run. And that's that's what you'll see in the Olympics. They call it the Olympic uh, distance. That's the Brownleys. If you ever see what they've done in the Olympics, that's their actual event. Then you move up to half, half Ironman, but you can't really use the Ironman name because Ironman is a company who'll sue you if you use the name even though that distance is there. You're talking about 1.9K uh, swim, you're talking about a 90K bike, and you're talking about 21.1K runs, half marathon to finish. And then you move up to the, the long distance, full dis distance, the Ironman itself. And the, you, this, you have to breathe in when you think about this, because it's 3.8K uh, swim, um, 180K cycle, and a full marathon, or I think it's 42.2K, or is it 43K? Um, I have it down as 42.2, but 
Okay, so that in itself, like you, you certainly wouldn't dream about doing a half Ironman or an Ironman without doing a, at least a sprint um, distance. You know, the odd time I read on social media, I see people saying, oh, I've signed up for a full Ironman next year. I've never done any triathlon before. Well, firstly, they should be they're, they, they, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to do anything because it's steps of the stairs. You, you, you have to progress. You know, you have to start at the, at the basic. You have to see, do you like it? You know, maybe it's just not for you. Maybe maybe you go into the open water, whether it is the sea or the river or the lake or the canal. And maybe you just don't you, you don't feel comfortable swimming. Maybe you don't feel comfortable swimming beside other people. Like, I don't know if you've ever done boxing or any martial art. If you do triathlon, you do martial arts because basically everybody starts together in the water. The whistle goes and you all might be spread out quite wide and you're all aiming towards one particular boy to swim to the left of that boy and you're all converging. So what you're doing is you're actually fighting against people all stuck together. So, you know, you can end up with a, a bloody nose or a gash in your head or, you know, somebody's large toenail comes back against you and scratches you on the top of your forehead. It's brutal. Yeah, you know, it, it, it can be brutal. What yeah. I do, I actually stay at the back and I just let people off because I know I'm not going to be up with, with those people, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're if you if you are a good swimmer and you want to do something like that, you can you can uh, draft off people in, in the in the water, um, you know, which is really helpful, especially if you have a friend and you're, you're swimming together, you can take turns to draft off each other, mm-hmm. you know. And that will help you. You can't draft on the bike. There's, there's, there's triathlon. I think it's, I'm not sure whether it's triathlon Ireland or the World Triathlon Organization, whoever that is. There's very strict rules governing triathlon. So you can't, you can't draft on a bike. You, you, as you're approaching somebody, you have 10 meters and basically you have to move out and you have to pass them by. And if I'm being passed out, I have to allow somebody to pass me by. I can't speed up myself. So they're very strict. They're also very strict about your transition. I suppose that's a discipline in itself. You have your swimming, you have your bike, and you have your run. The discipline of, of transition is something that I should have mentioned. That's really, really important. You come out of the water, you have to take off your goggles and your hat and take off your wetsuit. You're wearing what's called a triathlon suit. It's usually a one-piece that you then wear on the bike and the run. So you take off your wetsuit. Underneath it, your, your tri-suit is wet because the water has gotten into your wetsuit. Yeah. So it's a little bit uncomfortable, you know, getting onto the bike initially. But when, once you address your bike, you have to have your helmet on your head. You know, they're very strict about things like that. Yeah. You, you have a certain amount of, uh, you put on your, your cycling shoes, you load up with your water, gels or bars or whatever, you put them in your, in your rear pocket, and then you start on your bike. And when you're coming back then into the transition area to start your run, you, you can only you have to dismount before a certain line. You have to keep your helmet on until you're ready to start your run. And then you go, you know, so there's all kinds of little things. I mean, look, if we were to continue this, if we were to have another podcast, I could tell you a million and one other things and extra things. We could be here for hours and hours. But, you know, by taking part in one, you learn a huge amount. Yeah. Um, and I suppose for most people, if they do one, they like they probably they, uh, most people would probably come back and think about doing another one. You know, it's easy. It's easy to get hooked and, and dragged in. It sounds amazing. Just talk about the transition period then, because there's a big conception that going from like a horizontal swimming motion yes. to coming out the water, that takes yeah. a bit of getting used to physiologically. People can feel sick and get on the bike. Yeah. 
How how do you combat that? Is there anything? Is it just doing it more often? Like you're about just doing it more often, Russ. Yeah, yeah, and just realizing, like I, I I sometimes when you push yourself in the swim, you, you you try. It's actually very hard to leave the water to step. If 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 you're you're coming out of the water, it's very hard to keep your balance, mm-hmm. and that's a real problem. And you're kind of very disorientated. Like if you think about it, I I have to wear earplugs because I get water inside my ears that then comes out over the next few days, you know, when you bend forward and the water is coming out. So I wear my earplugs. I can't hear much and I'm very disorientated when I come out. You have to manage your hat, manage your goggles. You cannot get help taking off your wetsuit. So you have to be somebody who's able to reach behind. You have a long lead on it, reach behind and pull down your wetsuit, zip, and then take it off for yourself. Like the dizziness is there and this disorientation. And yet you've got to take off this, this wet suit and pull it down over your body then over your legs and you're trying to get it over your heels and at the same time you're thinking i have to i have to continue i have to continue i want to beat my friend brian because he's taking part as well i want to beat him you know and it's 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 this you're you're push 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 and yet you're physically not able to do it it can just take a few seconds practice makes perfect the other transition then ross is when you're coming from the bike to the run and they call it jelly legs yeah because you're you're spinning on your bike and uh, you find it hard to, to you park your bike, take off your helmet, um, take off your cycling shoes, put on your running shoes, and then you're gone. That happens very quickly. And for some people, they get jelly legs and they're, they're wobbly and they don't have control over their legs. Yeah. And then you're breathing because you, you, you're kind of disoriented by the whole occasion as well. There's crowds around and maybe the weather is really hot or maybe it's raining. Rain doesn't cancel an event. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a challenge as well. You know, now what I like to do is I actually like to spin a lot in the last maybe half K before the finish of the cycle. Um, I'm not sure how true this is, but somebody a long time ago told me, and in my head it works, you, you may have built up a lot of lactic acid by spinning around at a high cadence as you're coming up towards your dismount line, maybe for 500 meters or 300 meters, you're trying to get rid of it, then you should be able to find it easy to, to, to run off the bike. I don't know. Whatever. I think everybody has different ideas. Everybody has different tips. Everybody has different strategies. Um, yeah, so I suppose they're the, 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 the two big myths that people have, you know? And, and talk about the mental side, coming into the run where your legs feel like that and you've got 5K, yes. 10K to go. Like, it's, it's easy yeah. for your mind to tell you straight away, you can't do this. Like in you the can't do that, way. yeah. And you just literally want to get your way through. If you're wearing a heart rate uh, a strap and you're looking at your heart rate, you might find yourself after coming off the bike, your heart rate is flying. You're up in, they call it in the red, like, yeah. and you're thinking, how will I get this? How, how will I find my rhythm? How will I manage my heart rate to, to bring itself down so that I can actually run the 5K or even the 10K? And of course, everybody, we all want to sprint at the end to finish because we all want to think that we're like, um, you know, <laughs> you say in bolt as we come to the finish line, arms raised, you know, and actually picking off somebody else who's also sprinting towards the line, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to do that. You don't want to walk across the line. You don't want to crawl across the line. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, um, Mark, just before we move on to the training side of things, um, and you gave us some great detail there. You spoke about gels, having gels and bars, like. Yeah. What sort of nutritional stuff have you learned over the years that not only just in race, but preparation around the race and training? And obviously you're burning a lot of calories in training, huh? Yeah, I suppose you, 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 uh, 
I like to think that I have a fairly good diet. I look after myself in terms of food. Uh, I try and have, you know, try and get a good few, um, good lot of good fats and, and protein, um, a certain amount of carbs. They talk about carb loading in the run up to an event. Yeah, it's a good idea. Get, get a huge amount of pasta for a few days before it. You definitely, in, in your training, you want to be prepared. Um, so what you're doing in your, in your training should be much the same as you're doing in your event. Because the last thing you want to do is try something different the night before an event and all of a sudden you're sick. Yeah. The last thing you also want to do is try a new gel. Yeah. Um, and hand on heart, I, I've tried a new bar one day on a, on a, on a triathlon. My best friend, Brian, he was doing the event with me and he brought bar, bars that I had never had before. And I, they were absolutely vile and I couldn't eat them. You know, So you have to practice your, your nutrition. You have to practice your hydration you know, aside from rest, recovery and all the other things, um, uh, you know, but at the same time, Ross, when I, when I was 15 years ago, I didn't, I had never heard of carb loading. I'd never heard of managing my, my, my foods. I don't remember, did I have a gel or did I have a bar when I was doing my event? Mm. Um, I've taken part in some events, Ross, where um, on the run, on the longer events, they give you flat coke. And they give you sandwiches. And I've actually sat down and eaten a lot of sandwiches <laughs> to kind of finish because it's, it's a, your, your body is actually crying out for something, depending on the distance, you know. And the, those longer events, you're, 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 you're consuming so much food because you're burning so many calories. And again, the fear that everybody has is, I do not want to burn up. I don't want to bonk, they call it, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've come across it. That's the worst thing that can happen. So I manage my nutrition. I look after myself. I eat mostly eat good foods most of the time and most of the week. And so then I'm usually okay in the run up to it. I manage myself. And then on, on the day itself, gels, I'm trying to stick to gels that I've used. Yeah. Um, and also uh, bars and then you know something like some of the longer distances even uh, granola make my own granola or um what's the other thing uh brack yeah you know fruit brack you know yeah. so everybody has different things but i would say it, it's not that big a deal if you're looking at sprint triathlon it's not really that important you know yeah. once you go up the distance then you have to concentrate the more the more the distance you do the more you have to think about your nutrition you know yeah. Yep. No, really good. Really good advice. Thanks, Mark. Um, just before we move on, just want to shout out again to, to our sponsors, Ripped. Uh, Ripped, uh, Cormac and the gang have said, are you tired of the limitations using Excel and email in to, to deliver programs? Yet, potentially, Cormac, um, Ripped can help you simplify the creation and delivery of training programs, making it easier for you to provide everything for your clients and athletes, all their needs at a fingertip. With training load, well-being, and nutrition monitoring, also you get a full picture of you and your clients and athletes' performance. And again, please head over to rip.app and use the code Locker Room to get your two months free. And and as I said, we're very very close to doing a deal with them to bring them into QPR Academy and giving all our players online programs as opposed to paper or emailing off. So very good service, very good, easy to use, and and very um, well thought out. So yeah, please check that out, guys, if you're listening. Okay, Mark, so just going through a little bit around the training, we spoke, you spoke quite a bit about training there and we'll talk a few, a, a bit about some of the uh, topic points and different types of training and, and modalities you can do. But talk, tell us a little bit about your training throughout the week. So what does it look like? How do you split it across the different disciplines? Um, obviously, you're a family man as well and you're working, so it's, it's keeping yeah. the balance. 
Okay, I suppose hand on heart, Ross, what, what I would say about a plan is <laughs> I have aspired to use a plan and follow a plan 100%. Every triathlon I've taken part in and every duathlon and every half marathon and every swimming event and hand on heart, <laughs> I have never 100% followed a plan because it's, it's, you know, unless you have lots of time and the weather is really suitable and, and that it's, it's, it's a, a plan is something you try and take and you incorporate it into your life. You know, and obviously most DSS members, they're they're not twenty five year olds. They're they're mostly, um, you know, they're they're a little bit older, and in all likelihood they probably have families and stuff like that. And once you have families, you know, you 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 guard and you mind your leisure time. You get what you can. So it's not always suitable. And if you're like my family, my 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 own family live in one part of Ireland. My wife's family live in another part of Ireland and I live in a separate part of Ireland. So we have a lot of traveling. So I can aspire to do the training in the correct way. It doesn't always work like that, you know, and, and the weather, you, you know, I live beside the sea. Sometimes it's amazing for swimming. It's flat cam. Sometimes it's wild. And I have been out in it and some, it's like a washing machine. It's not that pleasant. So you have to pick and choose when you can. So to answer your question, <laughs> the training should look like you should be looking at, at, at two runs, two swims, uh, two bikes, and maybe a, a brick session. Okay, it sounds ideal, but what you want to do is you want to, to do a, a, a longer, slower run, mm-hmm. a longer, slower uh, cycle, and a longer, slower swim. And for each of them, then you also then want to incorporate some interval training, basically for something like like what I'm doing at the moment, and maybe it's something we'll touch on later on. My event I, this week. I was doing some intervals yesterday. I think it was four by four minutes with two minutes off. Just that's a run. That's that's as much. You go hard as you can for four minutes off for two minutes. Do it again. You repeat it four times. Yeah. And you do something similar on the bike. You might do something like six minutes this week, uh, four by six minutes, maybe two minutes or three minutes off. And this in the swim, you can do something like that. Your, your intervals are also drills. And like in an ideal world, I would be doing drills to improve my swim. It's easier to do them in the pool than in the open water, but at the moment, the pools in Ireland are still closed. We have another three weeks, I think, before they open. So any drills that I'm currently doing, I'm trying to do them in the open water. Then I look at doing a, a brick session, which is a simply a cycle and a run. They don't have to be particularly fast. You're just teaching your body, training your body to, to move and to, to manage your transition from bike to run. Yeah. Um, aside from that, then Ross, because <laughs> there's more to it than that, uh, <laughs> strength and conditioning. And can I just advertise the fantastic sessions that are on Wednesday evening? They're <laughs> certainly really suitable for for anybody who's active. Um, I have found them unbelievably helpful. Um, hand on heart and touch wood. I, I, you know, when you get a little bit older, as you're young, much younger than me, you're a chap in comparison to me. You need to manage your body, and you want to remain injury free. It's such a challenge because once the injury happens, you're gone. Like I, I, I'm doing all my stuff, but I just know something I do tomorrow morning could twinge my back and I'm, I'm not active for, for so long. So I do an awful lot of strength work and I find it hugely beneficial. Obviously, as a man and obviously as a man who's a little bit older, my back is a little bit tight and my hamstrings are very tight. So I spend a lot of time trying to manipulate my hamstrings to work better for me. So I do a lot of stretching. I uh, do foam rolling and stretching and strength work. Um, I can't tell you how many squats and lunges I've done and variations I've done in particular over the last uh, six months. I really went for it this winter. I said, 
this is something I want to concentrate on. So I would have been doing something like, you know, at different times, maybe four to five sessions of strength work. Um, you know, that's before I, I hadn't gotten into a lot of the triathlon training sessions during the winter time. I kind of mainly concentrate on, on running. But so in an ideal world with your plan, you'd be doing morning and evening. And I think it's really important to, to, to do not to do all your sessions in the evening time. Most of the, the events are in the morning time. So there's no point in you training in the evening time. And all of a sudden you rock up to your event on a Saturday that starts at six in the morning. Um, I've done one event that was starting at six. And it's, you know, your body is not tuned into being so active at six o'clock in the morning, but it's also good for your, your, your mental, your mental break from the sport. If you're doing two training sessions a day, you're better off to one in the morning and one in the evening um, and try and mix them, you know, so ideal world, two swims, two bikes, uh, uh, two runs and a brick session. And then outside of that, you can be doing your S and C or your stretching, your foam rolling, yoga, Pilates, uh, all good. All good. I definitely highly recommend all those sessions. Sounds a very good um, training program, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to just say that, sir, and I know you 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 devised a, a training. We spoke last summer. Do you remember? And yeah. you devised a training training uh, uh, program, and it's brilliant. And you you know you you touch all the bases. If I think if somebody really wants to go for for a triathlon, a sprint triathlon, there's one ready made on on on, on the DSS website. And it's perfect. You, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward, yeah. you know, and I, I don't think people should be intimidated by the idea of, a, of, a, you know, something like interval training. It's, it's, it's not going to challenge you that much. It's not, it's not going to radically um, knock you out completely. Yeah. You know? What, what uh, very good. You mentioned that because on the website, we've got obviously the, the sprint triathlon and we've got various running programs and swimming programs that me and you have, have collabed over and spoke about. So yeah. there, there are options on there. Let's talk a little bit about the um, interval stuff and the, and the long distance stuff. Cause I mentioned, you mentioned earlier about junk miles, but it, it is important that your body goes yeah. through the longer stuff yeah. to get to the distance required in training. Right. I think that's exactly. Yeah. Happen, but yeah. 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 So, yeah, so it, you do your long, slow stuff. And even physiologically, we say that's more peripheral adaptation. So taking the blood to the muscles and, and extracting the oxygen into, into the muscles. But the interval stuff's really good for intensity and also overloading central side. So VO2 max, yeah. maximum output for heart. And like you said, four-minute intervals, six-minute intervals, and you're really trying to raise the speed as much as you can in those intervals, aren't you? Yeah. 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 And I suppose what you do notice, and, and you know, I have done a lot of this now uh, recently, is your in your recovery your heart rate comes down quicker um, yeah. the, the, over the week you you know you you do get better you recover you recover quicker and that that's that's uh, that's what you want to see like if you're watching your 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 zones and stuff you do need to see it um, one of the things that I mean I know you put terms on things that I I, I do and obviously that's your background is it's you know more intense in in that direction but. Like what I, I've been told is the reason we do the long slower is that you, you're teaching your body to use the fat as reserves when you're on, when you're in, a, in an event yeah. for your run or your cycle. That's, that's my interpretation. So that's why it is actually really important to, to practice slow. And they, like, depending on how much you go into it, like Don Fink is somebody now who's written the book, the famous book for half Ironman and full Ironman. And anybody who starts his training, they all are perplexed and find it really difficult to follow this, what they call zone two training. And yeah. the zone two training is the really, really slow running. And yeah. people say, and I, 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 I've tried it myself, 
and it can be very frustrating. I can actually walk faster, but you have to do it, you know, and the results are there. Like you will find yourself with the same effort. You're actually faster. Yeah. You know, if you, if you follow this, but yeah, no, that, that's a great point, Mark. I think there's three different types of, of training there. Really. You've got your, your zone two and your slow, your slower stuff. And even from um, like an efficiency point of view, an economy perspective, you're teaching your body to become better at that skill that you're doing. Then you've got your longer distance race pace stuff. So actually trying to go for your 5K running at a good pace. And then you've got your intervals. And I think the, the differentiation between the two give you a nice physiology and, and a nice development, I guess, across the week. But it must be said that if people have only got four times a week to exercise, they can still do it. Even like yeah. you said at the start, when you said you just went off and swam, you went off and run and you went off yeah. and cycled and that would get you a good enough yeah. level. To I, finish I, I think so, Ross. And I, yeah. I, again, the, the, like, it's amazing. I come across loads of people who are into sport and very active. And I, I, you know, we get talking and you say travel and they say, oh, I, I couldn't do that. I can't swim. And I think it's such a pity because I, I, I like, again, like I said, you can do a breaststroke and you could, you could do a, a, a backstroke. You could nearly do a doggy paddle just in order to finish. And it's such a pity that people have it as an obstacle as to why they can't do a full event. And yeah. like, it's, it's an amazing achievement. It's really, really rewarding. You know, it's not that you're an elite athlete, but it's just really rewarding. And to become part of a community of people who are taking part in events like that. And, you know, like I said earlier, we all like to be social and it's really good for us. It's really, really, and certainly as you're getting older, being social and active at the same time is fantastic for you. Um, yeah. But I just think, you know, four sessions a week, yeah, you don't have to follow a plan that has your, your two different types of running, two different cycles, two different swims, your break, your strength and conditioning, your Pilates, your yoga, and you're managing your, your hydration and your, your nutrition. It's, it's not that much of a stretch to just literally jump in if you can swim a little bit, you know, a couple of weeks just being active and, and it's possible. It's obviously it's theoretically possible. Yeah, and hopefully that program, I think, that, that we come up together was kind of like a middle ground. It wasn't excessive amounts, but it was it was yeah. manageable and it was trying to get you to, to do that distance. Uh, one thing yeah. I think just important to mention, Mark, and I think it's something that's maybe neglected across the board, really, is with these endurance type sports, the importance of some pure speed work. So whether that's max speed work, even some hill work or you know, where you're actually, you don't tap in too much to the endurance side, but you're actually maximally trying to work that high end yeah. neuromuscular uh, system, which we would say, and, and, and that would yeah. just make people more efficient. It would, it would yes. similar to the strength concept, you'd be able to recruit more motor units, et cetera. So that's something that can be added in potentially in warmups, um, yeah. you know, it, yeah. to not, not be an extra session, I guess. Yeah, I actually do a lot of hill work here, uh, Ross, because I, I live beside um, the Dingle Way, which is a walkway, and actually there's a, there's a quite a severe hill beside me, mm. so it's 400 meters from my house, and I I sprint, I do r repeat sprints up uphill, and I actually really enjoy it, and I feel it it helps me to to develop great strength as well as speed, yeah. um, and there's there's something magical about about sprinting because. You know, doing doing these this kind of training and these kind of events, you never actually really get to open up unless you're okay towards the last twenty meters when you're trying to pass somebody out. But there's something magical and nearly childlike about sprinting as yeah. as fast as you can. So I I love that. I, I I this one section of it is I have it counted out 160 meters, and I try to sprint. Now, obviously, I'm not sprinting as fast as Usain Bolt, but I'm doing something like 10, 12, and I build up every every week. 
the amount of, of sprints that I do, and it's something, you know, it, it doesn't happen every week, but I, I try and come back to it. I really enjoy it. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. Definitely working across that continuum of slowest type work all the way to the, the, the max sprint and stuff. It definitely adds yeah. some benefit, I think. Um, perfect. Thanks, Mark. Mark, just quickly, I don't want to keep you for, for too long. You've, you've gave us such great insight around the triathlons. Could you just maybe give a little bit of advice for people for their initial steps if they did decide to take um, up the triathlons? I know we spoke a lot in detail about different things, but just some initial practical advice anyone wanting to do a triathlon start out for the first time. Okay, I just I, I actually have a list here, Ross, and I just wrote out. Um, I suppose the first thing I'd advise somebody is just get out and be active, whether it's uh, uh, you know jogging, fast walking, and then developing on. I I'd get a bike. And whether that means borrowing a bike or buying a bike, you know, you don't have to, to, to buy a bike, borrow a bike. Um, just make sure that it fits you. Because if, if your saddle is too high, I found to my cost one time, I used a bike on a very long endurance thing that I certainly wasn't uh, um, trained up for. And it was too high and really 100 kilometers in, I was in bits. Get your, make sure it's, if you're, you're borrowing a bike, make sure it's from a friend who's the same size as you. I know it sounds you know, straightforward, but get a bike like that, borrow a wetsuit um, from somebody who's roughly the same size as you. Wetsuits are designed to be tight and let in, they will let in, you, you know, if you use them for the first time, you're in the sea and all of a sudden you think, oh my God, what's that coldness in there? What, some water has to, has to go into your wetsuit and that's, that's going to, that's, uh, funnily enough, it's actually going to keep you warm. So bike, wetsuit, make sure you have goggles that fit, um, Bring a spare tube, levers, and a little mini pump, or learn how to change a puncture. Um, and make sure you, if on your bike, make sure you bring a water bottle. And make sure there's a cage and you bring a water bottle and something like a gel or whatever. And make sure you've tried the gels, make sure you've tried the bars or whatever. Uh, practice running off the bike. Like you, you, you know, you're you're not you're not cycling as if you're in the Tour de France. You're cycling just to 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 to, to finish some sort of a distance. So at some stage, just come home and change 30 seconds later, just run off the bike. And even if you run 1K or 500 meters, you're training yourself to, to, to combat the effects of jelly legs. You know, um, start your running a little slower and find, find out what is, what, what's comfortable for you. Like the worst thing you can do is if you're practicing running, that you start really fast and all of a sudden half a kilometer in you're out of breath and you can't continue and you're doubled over and maybe you're you're getting sick start slowly and get a little bit faster and finish faster you know um practice brick sessions so that's the, the the bike and run um if you really want to buddy up it's really it's a nice thing to do is to have a friend who's doing it like you know uh, if you if you sign up for something and your friend has signed up for something you're over and back to each other saying oh did you do the training last night or i'll meet you at six o'clock for the runner so it's always really important now, obviously, we do an awful lot of virtual buddying up at the moment, and that in itself is really, really good thing to do. So find a friend, join a club if you can, get a plan, and mix your training between morning and evening, kind of think about how you're going to get through something, like develop your mental resilience, you know, come up with different tools that you can use. I will finish, I will get through, I will get through, I will get through, you know, carry something with you. Um like, you know, we can take it further and talk about heart rate zones and watches and you can spend lots of money. And I'm hoping Kieran, uh, who's the lovely boss of DSS, is going to fork out for a Garmin 935 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd put the plug in. Yeah, wishful thinking. Uh, wishful thinking, yeah. 
he should be able to write off some tax actually if he if he buys it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I suppose the best advice is don't be a hero. Don't be trying to think I, I'm going to be as good as as somebody I know who's who's been on a podium or or you know finished you know in the top ten or as an age grouper. Like it's all split into different age groups, so you you can depending on the older you are, the better chance you have of finishing on the podium in your age group. So that's the reason I'm continuing to do this for us. <laughs> by the time I get to over 70, 75, I might actually finish on the podium if I'm still doing this. But uh, don't be a hero. Like, don't try and hurt yourself. You, like, I, in the class I, I, I teach, I always say, like, it's perfectly fine to go to discomfort. But once you, once you go towards pain, you have to stop. And it's the same doing any event, any of these endurance events, any of these triathlons, if you're in pain, don't continue. If your knee is coming against you, don't continue. You know, if it's a little bit of a twinge, you probably, a muscle twinge, you'd probably be okay. You know, if you have a cramp or something, you can manage it. But don't be a hero and hurt yourself and enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's, it's, it's hugely enjoyable. You can talk about endorphins. I teach youngsters who are kind of living on the fringe of society and engaging in all kinds of risky behaviors. And I always tell them, lads, running and cycling and swimming it's free drugs and they don't cause any damage to you, you know? So um, enjoy yourself. Yeah. I, I, I think just get out, be active, buddy up, practice, don't be a hero and get it, get some basic equipment, borrow some basic equipment and maybe you've just ticked the box to, to, to finish one event and you're done. You can say, yes, I can, I've done it. And for the rest, you can tell your grandkids that you've done a triathlon and wow, it sounds fantastic. And you have photos to prove it. And actually they always, always give out medals, Ross, as well. When you, when you do events, it's like for small children, everybody gets a medal and you also get a t-shirt in a, you know, a training t-shirt, you know, one of the, the materials wicks away the sweat and it has the name of the event and maybe sponsors. And, you know, it says, says triathlon, like five, uh, uh, 750 K swim or 750 meters swim bike run you know it's it, it yeah, looks good yeah. to wear it so um enjoy it i think it's fantastic it's a brilliant activity to do and it's something you can continue because you don't have to be competitive you're only competitive against yourself i think that's some fantastic advice mark are the t-shirts as good as the ones the boss got asked that we're wearing right now <laughs> uh no these are the nicest t-shirts i've ever <laughs> worn russ just plug into that garment. I like it. Well, I had to put yeah. that in there. We've got the T-shirts on, so we're wearing yeah. our uniform. Um, yeah. Mark, I just want to say a massive thank you to stuff you've given. I couldn't really add too much, really, from, from any angle. You, okay. you covered, you've covered most bases, and a big thank you. I'm sure the members and all the listeners are going to get so much info around hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, and hopefully spark a bit of a, a bit of a surge of people starting and trying out. And yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. take, take the leap out of the pool and go into the open water. Who knows? Ross, as I've told you before, we have an airport that's near here. You can jump on your Ryanair plane, arrive here. There's loads of events here in, in County Kerry, so you're more than welcome. Um, you'd probably beat me, so uh, that's well, fine. I'm okay with that. I'm only I, against myself, and you're against I'm, yourself. You've got the nice bike now, so the mountain bike might not cut it. Mark. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, just, just to summarize a few things up. So on the website, obviously, we've got the blog that's going out that you've written that a lot of meat of the bones of what we spoke about today. Yeah. We've got the programs in the endurance section that we kind of clapped on, and especially the triathlon one. You gave me lots of good info on that. And also, you're going to be doing like some vlogs and video diary entries for your event coming up in... in yes, Ross. I think it's, the, I think it's Sunday... The 4th of July, 
in Rosslare. I'm going to do an Olympic triathlon. Um, it's my first ever event in Wexford, actually, even though I'm from Wexford. Um, I've, I've done events all over the country, but never in County Wexford. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it takes place. I hope COVID doesn't cut across it. You know, mm. um, the distance involved is a, is a 1.5k swim in the sea, um, 40k bike and 10k run. Now, the beauty of, of Rosslare is, firstly, the weather is usually good in, in the southeast in, in Ireland. Wexford is the sunny county and the model county, but it's also flat. And that's really important. And mm. I think that's really going to help me. I think pretty much every event I've ever done anywhere, if you do them in Kerry, you're up and down on your bike, the same on the run. This is flat as a pancake. And I have tri bars on my bike and I will be on my tri bars. So I'll be in, tucked into this position and I hope to generate some fantastic speeds. And same on the, on the, the, the run. I, I did a, a 10K actually in Rosslare a number of years ago. It was flat as a pancake. So I'm really looking forward to the event. I'm trying as much as possible to stick to a plan. Um, and I, I think actually so far I'm, 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 I'm more successful. I just got my first um, uh, vaccine jab today. Um, so I was due to do the class this evening, but I just thought uh, when I talked to the boss and we just kind of thought maybe it might be the best idea, just let things settle. So I'm over this and um, I'm training away. feel really strong and really good. Touch wood, um, nothing happens. I'm managing my food a lot more. I'm even documenting my food. Um, I do a lot of work with somebody who, uh, Joe O'Connor, who was based in, in Tralee. He would have done fitness work with both Claire and Limerick uh, when they won the All-Ireland. So Joe is a really, really top guy. So I've been training with him in the triathlon club and also has his own fitness suite in, in uh, our club inside in, in Tralee. Um, so I feel good. I feel strong. I, I would like to document some of the uh, training sessions, maybe a vlog or so ever so often, um, just even to show where, where I am. And just after finishing a session and in bathed in sweat, just to say, when I'm out of breath, this is what I've done. And, you know, this is how I found the last two weeks, you know. So look, we'll see how it goes. It'd be amazing if there was an interest in triathlon. Amazing if it was, people were interested in more advice or interested in plans we're interested in uh, how my event, and again, it's not that I have a big ego or anything. I just, it's just informative, just to let people know anybody can do this. Yeah. I'm like I said a million times, I'm not a, 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 on a podium. I'm in the middle of the field, but I finish. You know. Yeah. No, Mark, that's brilliant. And if you're not already a member, biggest incentive to see Mark's vlogs um, going up on on the the coaches WhatsApp group. So please head over to dailysportscience.com and have a look at what offers we've got going on. If if you're not a member, we've got a surplus of 600 plus coaches now. So the community is booming and uh, no better time to get in now that the GA season's up and, up and running and, and getting back to good. So brilliant. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Um, no problem, Ross. Appreciate it. Episode number 41, yeah. a different one, training the triathlon. Uh, you've been brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah and good luck with all your prep for the race. Thank you very much, Ross. And I know you're a brilliant resource to have on the other end of a of a, a Zoom call just to check in and and you know see how things are going. So yeah, and we'll we'll get you over here at some stage. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> that is a promise at some point. I can't tell you when, but that is a promise. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, okay. Mark. Thanks, Ross.